And welcome back on a Monday morning. It's Real Presence Live. This morning we are coming to you, part of the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota, from Holy Spirit Church in Virginia, Minnesota. Mark Cheney alongside the radio microphones this morning with Ben Frost and Father Brandon Moroffitt. All right. Thank you, Mark. Uh, I've had a great show so far, and uh, we've got a very interesting segment coming up. And uh, we have a, a special feast day today. And joining us on the phone is Monsignor Charles Mangan. Monsignor, how are you today? I'm fine, Ben. How are you? Oh, I am doing great. And I, I'm looking at the notes here. I'm super excited to talk about our feast day today. And uh, so would you let us know what feast day it is and what we're celebrating today? Yes. Today is the Feast of St. Peter the Apostle, the, the care of St. Peter the Apostle. And what we're celebrating today, Ben, is we're emphasizing... Uh, yes, the person of St. Peter, but also his mission as the Pope. And so when we talk about the chair, we're referring to his papal ministry. Beautiful. So t- tell us then, so like what, what's the significance and the tradition behind the chair of St. Peter? We've got interesting chairs throughout our, our church, obviously. So, so give us a little bit of taste about this tradition behind the chair of St. Peter. Yes. Well, when we think of this feast day, I think we think of two important things, and that is when we talk about chair, we're speaking about, the, as we mentioned before, the papal ministry or what St. Peter did as the first pope. The chair is a kind of symbol of authority, and so when we think of the papal chair, we're speaking especially about what is it that the pope does as the servant of unity among the churches. And so St. Peter, as we know, was the successor. Uh, Really, we call him the Vicar of Christ. And in a sense, he was the one who represented Christ here on earth in his own bodily form. He represented Jesus. So when we think of the chair in that first sense, we're thinking of what St. Peter did in leading the church uh, as the Vicar of of Christ. Then the second sense is we think of the chair in itself. As you say, we have many chairs. And there is a chair that has been venerated in St. Peter's Basilica uh, for many centuries. And this is the chair in which the legend is that St. Peter was, uh, was involved with. Now, we might say that this chair uh, in a very esteemed place in St. Peter's, is not used anymore. So the popes don't sit in that chair because the chair itself is very far high above the what's called the altar of the chair in St. Peter's at the back of the basilica. But the tradition is is that that was a chair that comes down to us from the time of St. Peter, and we especially remember that today on this great feast day. Monsignor, this is Father Brandon Moravitz, and uh, it's great to have you here today. And could you talk a little bit about, like, why is the chair of Peter in Rome? Why isn't uh, the Sea of Galilee, where Peter, you know, was called to be an apostle? And why is it, why is it not in Jerusalem? Why is it in Rome? Um, maybe some of our listeners are wondering, like, how, how did the papacy, or how did the, the chair of Peter end up in Rome when everything really started right there at the Sea of Galilee? Yes. Well, Father... One of the interesting things about this feast day is that uh, for some time, this feast day was considered to be the chair of St. Peter in Antioch, 
Uh, as many of our listeners may know, St. Peter began, began his papal ministry, uh, of course, in the area where our Lord was, in the Holy Land. And Antioch was where he spent, the tradition is, seven years of his papal ministry, and then later went to Rome. So the reason the care is in Rome is Peter ended his life in Rome as a martyr. But first, he some believe for perhaps seven years, he was pope and lived in Antioch before he transferred to Rome. So Rome has been, as we all know, the center of so much of culture and civilization in that time 2,000 years ago. And St. Peter found himself leaving Antioch and going to Rome in order to spread the message in that very important town. Monsignor, I, have a, I want to backtrack, backtrack for just a second, too. So, And you'd said that this chair is a symbol of authority. And for our listeners, maybe they, they might not quite grasp that. Like, why, why is it, of all things, a, a sign of authority? Why would a chair be a sign of authority uh, it, at St. Peter's in Rome? What, what's significant about a chair? The significance is that um, so often uh, the Pope would pronounce and decree various matters from the Holy City of Rome, and the chair was considered a kind of authority. In other words, where the Pope sat in deliberation and as he made his various decrees. So the idea, you know, the, 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 uh, when we talk about the seat, we think of the seat of a chair, and the seat also refers to a place. Uh, or sometimes we say another word for seat, we say sea. And we talk about the Sea of Peter, the Sea of Duluth, the Sea of Sioux Falls, and so forth. The idea of a place, a diocese, some place where something significant happens. And so that's what we're looking at when we talk about chairs. The chair is the symbol of authority, namely that the Pope would sit in the chair and make various decrees. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, Monsignor, I, you know, I, I had the privilege of being in Rome a few times, and, and one of the things I was just thinking about is that striking image in the Basilica of St. Paul outside the walls Basilica. When you walk in and there's the medallions of every Holy Father along the, the walls of the, 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 the beautiful Basilica there, and, and how it just brings to life that, that papal succession and the, the beauty of that and the struggle of that, how... You know, we've been led by both saints and sinners, you know, and how God yeah. has, has seen us through and the gates of hell will never prevail against the church. And that, that role of, you know, the chair of Peter is critical to the continuation of the unity and the, the perseverance of the church. I mean, it's, it's just such a gift. And I don't know, I've, just, I've had that image in my mind of, of all those that have followed in the line of Peter up to our current Pope, Pope Francis. And I don't know if you have anything just to share about that, just that, that reality of that succession and how that's such a gift to us as a Catholic people. Well, you know, it's kind of funny that one might think that those medallions might be more located in St. Peter's because yeah. that's the home of the Pope. But uh, they're located uh, in the place of a non-Pope, namely St. Paul, but somebody who was so, so supportive of the patrine ministry um, and it is fantastic when you walk in that great basilica of St. Paul outside the walls to see all those 266 or so medallions uh, that remind us of the popes who have gone before. And, of course, St. Peter's Basilica is in the same city as St. Paul outside the Rome, outside the walls. 
I think there is a very beautiful remembrance of that connection between St. Peter, uh, the Prince of the Apostles, and St. Paul, who spent so much time in proclaiming the Gospel and the Gospel mandates of Christ. Yeah, and uh, Monsignor, I like hearing you and Father kind of share a little bit about your experiences, you know, going to Rome and seeing these sites. Yeah, it's funny because naturally, and I, I've fallen into this too, where I do think that St. Peter's Basilica is the is where the chair is at, but it's not. And I'm just curious, for, for those that are listening today, um, if you could uh, just share... Um, what is what does the chair of Peter look like? Like what what's your experience? What, if you've never been to Rome before and you were to go, like what what's that experience like? What does the chair of Peter look like? Well, and Father might have some comments too. But what's beautiful inside St. Peter's Basilica, as you walk in, you see that incredible altar, uh, the, what's called the Baldocchino, which was constructed by Bernini over the high altar where Pope Francis and the other popes have offered mass. If you keep walking, so you uh, keep walking in the Basilica uh, in the westward direction, you will actually come to another altar, which is a much smaller altar in a smaller sanctuary called the Altar of the Chair. And right above that is this incredibly large chair, which for many centuries has been encased uh, in uh, in precious metal, because uh, it is considered a precious relic, um, above that altar of the chair. So when you see that, I'm reminded again of the beauty of the Church and the continuity of the Church for so many centuries. Uh, even today, we see that very esteemed relic in, in the Basilica. Yeah, isn't it remarkable? You think about that Basilica and these these relics and and then right under that, that that main altar in the basilica are are, are the bones of Peter, mm-hmm. you know. So not only is we have this chair, but we we have the bones of Peter, where this huge basilica is built on that foundation of of Peter, um, and it, it's a it's just it's it's mind blowing to think about uh, the, the giftedness of of Peter's ministry and, and the church being built upon him as the rock of the church. And we literally see this great basilica built on those bones of the great St. Peter. That's a, a beautiful experience, too, for anyone that's been able to do that. The, the Scavi tour, that's what it's called, correct? Yep. And uh, you go down to that, that next level down, and it just brings to life the reality. Like, we hear these, you know, the stories that Peter made his way uh, to Rome, and but then it's the real sense of, like, no, like... This, this is where St. Peter was, and he was martyred in this city, and the, the church grew, and, and his bones are there. And, and uh, so it's, uh, this feast day that we, we celebrate today is, is, uh, is, pretty, is pretty important and beautiful. And, and uh, for those of our listeners that haven't had a chance to go to Rome, if you go there, there's some incredible sights to see, uh, including uh, the chair of Peter. And all of these sites. We're gonna we're gonna be going to a break, Monsignor. So stick stick with us for a second. We've been talking uh, with Monsignor Charles Mangan this morning, and we're talking about a special feast day. Today is the feast of the chair, 
of St. Peter. We've talked a little bit about the, the history and, and the traditions. And on the other side of the break, we're going to kind of uh, talk a little bit more about this feast day, but how it also kind of connects home to all of us uh, in our listening area. It's been an interesting conversation today, Ben and Father, about the, the feast day itself. So it'll be intriguing as we get back with our, our program this morning after our break to, uh, to kind of wrap up about this feast day. So we'll be back with more on Real Presence Live right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. You are invited to join Real Presence Radio for our 2021 banquet. Trent Horn will be the keynote speaker, and he will share his story of conversion and how he loves to teach Catholics to graciously and persuasively engage those who disagree with them. Join us in Duluth Tuesday, March 9th. For more information or to register, go to realpresenceradio.com or email jessica at realpresenceradio.com. We will be following all CDC guidelines for social distancing. We hope to see you there. God's blessings to you all. And as all of you out in Radioland listen to Real Presence Radio, what a great gift it is for every one of us. As we're in the car traveling, that we learn something about our love for Jesus, something about the great gift He has given us through His Holy Family, which is the Church. Or we also get to find something out more deeply about our own self that we come to know that we are made in God's image and likeness. And the great gift that we have is made and loved by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So continue to listen to this wonderful radio station. We need to support it in every way so that this beautiful gift of the gospel message can be spread throughout where all of this is heard and that the Holy Spirit will strengthen you all in his love. Have a wonderful day and keep listening to Real Presence Radio. Now is the time to stand up for life and dignity in Minnesota. Hello, this is Archbishop Bernard Hebda. Join Catholics across Minnesota for Catholics at the Capitol, April 15th at the Cathedral of St. Paul. Be formed in the faith, informed on issues impacting life and dignity, and sent on mission to transform our state. We will celebrate Mass, hear from inspiring speakers, and head to the Capitol in a Eucharistic procession before meeting with legislators. Get your tickets at catholicsatthecapitol.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back on a Monday morning. This is Real Presence Live. We are part of the Diocese of Duluth. Minnesota this morning, coming to you from Holy Spirit Church in Virginia. Mark Cheney alongside the radio microphones of Ben Frost and Father Brandon Moravitz. All right, thank you, and good morning, everyone. Uh, this morning we're talking with Monsignor Charles Mangan, and... Uh, Talking about a special feast day today. Today's the feast of the chair of St. Peter. And in the first part of this segment, we talked a lot about like, the traditions and the history of, of the chair, the, the authoritative nature of this chair. And Monsignor, as we continue this conversation, I'm just wondering if you could explain to our listeners. Obviously, we, we read about St. Peter and the importance of that chair today. But connect us in this conversation to today. We have... Uh, our current pontiff, which is Pope Francis. So wh- how does today's feast day connect us uh, to Pope Francis and his pontificate? 
Ben, I think when we consider the feast day, of course, we think right away of St. Peter, and we also think of all the successors of St. Peter, including Pope Francis. This is a reminder to us today that Pope Francis enjoys and, and has the burden of the office, the same office that Christ gave to St. Peter. Uh, in the Church, we talk about apostolic succession, and by that we mean that the Church has continued throughout the ages by way of the continuous succession of bishops to bishops. And, of course, uh, Peter was a bishop, Bishop of Rome. Francis is a bishop, the Bishop of Rome. And for that reason, uh, it is not a stretch at all when we think of today's feast to think of Pope Francis and also to pray for him. Uh, I celebrate Mass every morning for the Carmelite sisters here in Alexandria, South Dakota, and today the Mass intentions the sisters asked for was Pope Francis. So um, it is a wonderful reminder that Pope Francis is the successor of Christ, and we, when we see him, we see Peter. You know, Monsignor, uh, I was I was thinking about, and I th- hopefully you'll be able to lead this conversation a little better than me here. Um, but when a when a man is elected a bishop, you know, he he receives that pectoral cross, and isn't there a connection to that pectoral cross to um, Peter, and 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 doesn't it come from? Almost from Rome, or it's blessed there, or something. Something like that takes place. Um, I, I feel like I've heard that reality, and I, I, I don't know a lot about that. But but connecting our current bishops to the the, the see of Peter and the chair of Peter, could you just speak to that 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 connectedness and that 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 unity of the bishops and and how that's connected um, to the chair of Peter? Well, Father, you know, so many of our bishops who have gone to Rome for their ad limina visit, which is the required visit every year to go in, uh, every five years to go and see the Pope and to visit the tombs of St. Peter and Paul, many times the bishops will come back with a pectoral cross from the current Pope. Yeah. Now, pectoral means heart, so the cross is worn over the heart, and the bishops wear that when they perform their sacred duties, and, uh, not so much liturgical, but more administrative duties and teaching duties. But one of the things also is that uh, you may remember that the wool, which is used from the po- for the polyum, which is the special band that the archbishops wear, where uh, comes from the comes from Rome and is placed there at the tomb of Saint Peter yes. in the Basilica of Saint Peter. So there is that interesting connection also between the archbishops of the church and the pope. Well, and that's an interesting uh, segue into another piece of this conversation, that there's a connectedness, right, Monsignor, between St. Peter and the chair of St. Peter and Pope Francis. But the very word for chair in our church is cathedra, which reminds us of the word cathedral. So can you explain to our listeners why that word cathedra is significant and how that connects uh, St. Peter, Pope Francis, to the bishops all throughout our world. Why, why is the word cathedra significant for us in our local diocese? Yes, because then the word cathedra means chair. Yeah. Uh, and so, therefore, when you think about the chair of St. Peter today, the cathedra of St. Peter, you're speaking again about the seat of his authority. And so St. Peter's seat of authority was first in Antioch and later in Rome, and, for example, the seat of a bishop's authority is there at his cathedral. 
Uh, so there is that connection. And cathedra is the Latin word for Rome, for a chair, which reminds us that uh, the authority that comes to the bishops in their office is the authority which is meant to be for all peoples to signify the unity with Christ and the unity among all believers. And Monsignor, so I'm just, again, I'm thinking of those listening to the program today, like you'll see at times people will make a little journey, you could maybe say a pilgrimage to their local cathedral. I mean, that's, that's very common. And maybe you're listening today, maybe you've never been in the cathedral in your local diocese. Why, why is that worthwhile? How does that connect us to today? And so if I'm in the diocese of Duluth here right now, why, why would it be significant for me to, to go to the cathedral in Duluth and to make a visit there? How, what, is, what does that do for me? How does that connect me? It connects you insofar as you're acknowledging that that particular cathedral in Duluth is the home of the bishop uh, of Duluth who has been appointed by the Holy Father and who is in union with the Holy Father, the Pope. So bishops are to live in union with the Pope. They teach under the authority of the Pope, and they remind us that all of this is in one beautiful connection, a kind of hymn of praise to God. The bishops are united to the Pope, we are united to our bishops, and together we sing the praise of God. Yeah, it's so good that I appreciate you saying together. You know, there, in, a, in a world that's so disunified and in so much chaos, you know, we pray that the church might be a witness of unity. And, and sure, there's struggles and there's battles and all these sorts of things, but, but the church is meant to be this place of unity and teachings and morals and prayer and worship. Like, like that's what the Lord envisioned, that they all might be one. Sure. And, and, yeah. and, and ought we pray that even more on this day as we celebrate this feast, that the church may be one and may be a witness of unity to the world around us. Absolutely, Father. Yeah, no, that is that is so beautiful, and maybe in this this um, last minute that we have, Father. So maybe someone's out there and like they're listening, and like, so why why would Saint Peter have this authority? Just maybe a minute, just explaining about you know Matthew sixteen that that Jesus does give his uh, his authority to uh, to Saint Peter. Yes, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against her. So Peter is the rock on which Christ has built his church. And when we look to Peter, we see Christ. Awesome. Beautiful. Well, Monsignor, we just really appreciate your, your time with us today unpacking this feast day, the, the chair of St. Peter. And for all those listings, make a little, make a little pilgrimage uh, to your local cathedral and realize the connectedness of, of our bishops, our people connected to, to our Holy Father and this church that we have. So thank you, Monsignor, for being with us and have a very blessed day. Thank you, Ben. All right. God bless you. As we prepare to wrap up this segment of Real Presence Live, let's turn now to our technical director, Eli, and a preview of the uh, coming show. Hey, thanks, guys. Great show today. A lot of really interesting segments. Got another good one coming up for you tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That'll be hosted by Karen Gibus and Brett Eckert, coming to you live from the Mustard Seed, in, uh, Mustard Seed Catholic Store in Rapid City, South Dakota. They'll start off the show talking about how we're stopping human trafficking at a local level with Sister Mary Elliott. Elliot Crowley. Plus, hear from Ernie Garcia. He'll talk about Into the Breach and Masculine Virtue. And Rainy Wilson will tell us about Souls for Souls, a shoe drive that will impact the world. All that and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That'll be 
tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. And then a special reminder, of course, to all you though, all you out there in uh, the Diocese of Duluth and surrounding area there, that uh, the Real Presence Radio Banquet will be in Duluth on, uh, I believe that's Tuesday, March 9th. You can find out more information for that at realpresenceradio.com slash banquet. Right back to you. Thank you so much. We are about ready to wrap up here this morning. It's been a great couple of hours from Holy Spirit Church in Virginia, Minnesota. It has been a privilege this morning. Uh, Mark Cheney, myself here, your host, along with Ben Frost and Father Brandon Moravitz. Father, uh, let's uh, have you wrap up here. Yeah, you know, the one line uh, today that's just kind of on my heart from all of our conversations is when Bishop DeGrood had mentioned, um, he, had, he had said the line, eternity is worth vulnerability. Hmm. And I wrote that down as soon as he said that, and it's just something that I want to continue to pray with and just think through. And friends, like, eternity is worth everything, you know, and and vulnerability means that I'm willing to admit (laughs) that I need the Lord desperately, and I need to be vulnerable, uh, maybe in the confessional, or I need to be vulnerable before the Lord in adoration, or vulnerable with a brother brother or sister in the Lord, and and just being really vulnerable, you know, and so often we... You know, we talked about this weekend at Mass. I, I, I talked about so often we, we kind of put on that good face and we, we just say, I'm fine. But inside we're not so fine. You know, so often maybe some of you are broken and you're hurting and you're struggling and, and someone asks how you're doing and it's just as simple, I'm fine. But, but no, maybe you're not. And maybe this Lent is a time for you to be vulnerable because eternity is worth it. Um, and in that, there's rest. There's beauty. You know, there's not fear and vulnerability. There's actually rest and beauty in that reality. So I just encourage all of our listeners just to be vulnerable this Lent with the Lord. And in that, I pray that you might find the rest that God desires for you this Lenten season. And if today you hear God's voice, harden not your heart. That sense of softness of heart, right? And that vulnerability, like sometimes we harden our hearts. But if today you hear God's voice, harden not your heart, have a soft heart. And Father, if you'd close us in prayer this time. Yeah, and and, and Lord, I just pray that you'd send your spirit down upon all of our listeners, that we might know your goodness and your grace, and that you'd fill us with your love this Lenten season. Let us rest with you. And may Almighty God bless all of you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day, everybody. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.